smoking if you're an old soul, Speedy. The old phrase of the day is in the ketchup. In. <laughs> I was gonna repeat it and I couldn't even get it out. In the ketchup. Well, are you? <laughs> I. Is that the old person equivalent of lost in the sauce? Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, it's not. But that would have been cool. I don't know. I said yes because I liked, I liked your idea, but that's not the answer. I just, I was excited about what you came up with organically, but you're wrong. <laughs> you're just wrong. Just absolutely incorrect. Uh, there's, there should be nothing in ketchup other than uh, uh, t- t- tomato, sugar. What would be tomato. in the ketchup? You know, it's funny you say that because I'm one of those people, I don't know if you're like this, I can't even look at ketchup. If it jiggles once, I can't have it on my sandwich. It scares me. Really? I like the That's taste That's actually the of first it. time I've heard that. I've met other people like me. And if, if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you agree with me, ketchup, when it <laughs> jiggles, dissatisfying. Hmm. Do you have the same reaction to mustard? No, because you don't, eh, it's not as jiggly. Ketchup is more viscous. It's more gelatiny. Same with mayo. I just, I, my foods can't jiggle. I don't eat jello. I like pudding. It just needs to be in something. If I see it, and I'm going to stop saying this word, wobble <laughs> like a like an ooze. It just freaks me out. Mm. I'm not alone on that. Uh, in the ketchup, S. Molly Dominic, means, and this actually is pretty self-explanatory when you think about it. It means in the red or operating at a deficit. Oh. Right? Because, like, you know, if you're in the black, that's a good thing, Black Friday. Um, red is a bad a thing. In the ketchup. Wow. I mean, they could have just said in the red, but they I guess that's a more fun way of saying it. <laughs> is it not? Do you know when this is from? I, I have no idea. Again, everyone, if you have heard of this phrase and you would like to give us the etymology, if you're an old soul at gmail.com or um, Instagram on at TV, come tell me. Um, but we'll be using that phrase for the rest. I do have one more. We can keep it for the next episode. I'll let you decide. Now, next episode, which one you want. Oh, man. Well, now that you've brought it up, I'm a little too anxious. Butter and egg, man. <laughs> like, is there a comma? Like, butter and egg, man no it's a or... it's it's not you're not offering butter and egg to a man you are labeling this man with two defining characteristics butter and egg wow butter so you and egg can man. be a butter and egg man Mm-hmm. in this very hmm. specific definition which again i found on the internet i don't know when or where this is from i do these because i think they're funny and then you guys can tell us if they're wrong but butter and egg man wow does that uh, refer to your, your physical build? Like, uh, I mean... <laughs> well, you're built like a rectangle? And... <laughs> <laughs> you look like a skyscraper. You're a butter, you're butter man. <laughs> big butter man. Big butter big man. Big butter man. No, uh, uh, well, it means, <laughs> according to this definition, a wealthy but unsophisticated small-town businessman who acts like a playboy when he visits <laughs> the big city. Butter and egg man. That's highly specific. Yes. Wow. So let's say you're from a small town, Illinois. You went to Chicago. Sure did. Suddenly, you're feeling lucky. Like a butter and egg, you might say. Like a butter and egg kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, let's keep things moving because we have a big topic to get to. It's all about 
two things. One, Charles Manson and his music career, which sadly is true. And two, <laughs> other famous people, but not famous for what Charles Manson's famous for. Who, like just normal famous yeah, people. Yeah, just people who are good at something that people wanted them to be good at and not being a cult leader and then got into music and whether they were good or bad at it. Or, oh, actually, we have three categories for that, as Speedy knows. We have good examples, bad examples, and then examples. And we'll get to what that means. Um, but first, Speedy, we always salute the oldest living person. Yes, we do. And even though you cannot see us, please know that we are actually saluting right now. Just we did are it. saluting Kane Tanaka, who is the oldest living human being on the planet Earth. She lives in Japan. And she is 118 years old. You know, the Olympics are in Japan right now. They should give her a gold medal for being the oldest living person. They should. She has not been recognized yet. Not on an international stage like the Olympics. Put her on the balance beam. (laughs) Give her a gold medal. Yeah. I bet she'd hold up. She's got to be a pretty strong broad. She's been hanging in there. And real quick, speaking of things that are happening this week, let's get to some things, Speedy, that happened this week, but not right now. Yes, not this week, this week. Other weeks, this week's. Previous years of this week. Yes. In 1962, uh, this is a Bob Dylan one, so thinking back to our last podcast episode, um, this week in 1962, Bob, Bob Dylan legally became bob dylan he was oh he changed his name legitimately oh okay yes yes he was robert zimmerman until this week in 1962 and he signed a music publishing deal with witmark music and the name change uh, became an official thing okay dun 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 oh okay (laughs) no i'm gonna dun 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 that i did know his name was robert zimmerman i didn't know it became a thing in 1962 that's very fun fun fact do 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 Next one, 1967. Uh, this one's about the monkeys. So a fan of the monkeys actually stowed away on their plane when they were flying between shows in Minneapolis and St. Louis. Um, and then her father threatened to bring charges against the monkeys for transporting her across state lines. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Did the monkeys know she was in there? This is what I don't know. I'm The monkeys claim they did not know. Okay. The story that I read is that she just stowed away and they were not aware. Um, but the father is claiming that they did know. Cheer up, sleepy Jean. We don't know <laughs> what you mean when you're stowed away, stowed away. In, <laughs> in our plane. Pain. Could you please be homecoming to your dad so he's not suing us? <laughs> <laughs> um, what else you got? Oh, I've got, uh, in 2007, Brian May, the guitarist of Queen, mm-hmm. he handed in his astronomy PhD thesis, which he started uh, 36 years prior and abandoned it to go join Queen. Um, and it was on the formation of z- zodiacal dust clouds, apparently. When do I? When do we do our episode where I rip that movie to shreds? 
Bohemian that Rhapsody. Movie to shreds? Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, the I see. Movie where basically Brian May was like, you know what? Hold on, you might come on this podcast one day. I'm not going to rip the movie just yet until I have to. <laughs> just in case. I had a lot of problems with it. <laughs> there were a lot of times where they were like, hey, we're going to pretend like Freddy didn't do this. And that we had something hey. to do with it. <laughs> um, that is wild, and I did not know that. Does that mean he's Dr. Brian May? That's weird. I get, yeah. I, yes, yes, he is. Is it because Queen is out of this world? That was me vomiting. Charles Manson had a music career. <laughs> we, and, and we should preface yeah. this by saying that he is one of the worst people to ever exist. Yes. Um, I will say that uh, Danny and I had a chat before we, we started this podcast episode. And we wanted to make sure... Um, we wanted to make sure that we, we start with that note because there there are some good things to say purely about his actual music. Just objectively, if you forget who he is, separate the art from the artist. But we also don't want to separate the art from the artist because he's one of the worst humans of all time. <laughs> but And, and that's kind of why I, why I wanted to get to celebrities who have music careers because there are a lot of people that we do separate the art from the artist all the time. I mean, nobody's at a scale of Charles Manson having been responsible for the murder of a lot of people. But, like, there are things about Michael Jackson we don't like that we turn the corner for some, turn our heads for sometimes. There are things about movies that Harvey Weinstein produced that we still watch those movies. So there are times in our history where we've decided to look the other way. Um, the difference between Charles Manson and those people is that those people are talented. And Charles Manson <laughs> uh, might have went on his his murdering spree that he orchestrated because of his failed musicianship. But we listened to his one. Right. He has other stuff, but he released an album just before the trial for the murder of Sharon Tate started and possibly to pay for his legal fees. And there are some redeeming qualities. And we, we know that because the Beach Boys actually use one of his songs. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I, I believe at the time he wasn't credited for it. And I think he was given a, a, a motorbike in, yes, <laughs> as payment. Yes. He, 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 as the story goes, and we'll get to Charles Manson, and we should probably, people who aren't familiar with him, we'll explain. Um, but he had this song called Cease to Exist, which was on this album that we're talking about. And he sold it to Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys for some cash and a motorcycle gave it to the beach boys and then they changed the lyrics and that's kind of one of the reasons that all this stuff happened it kind of got him really angry disagreement he like stole so many things from dennis wilson and a lot of it had to do with a because uh brian wilson his brother who is the orchestrator of the beach boys rejected him and wouldn't produce an album by him but B, because they changed the lyrics to his song that he sold them, and they made it way better, like the Beach Boys do. Yeah. In fact, um, I mean, going off of this, Dennis Wilson is sort of Charles Manson's... He, he was his connection to the music industry. He was kind of on the fringes of the industry in Los Angeles, met Dennis Wilson, and then... Um, I, I guess, should we just review the whole... 
story of, of what happened. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, a lot of people listen to this yeah. podcast who are old souls or they just like us, but they don't really know everything about what we're talking about. So I think it's okay if we, for people who live through it, just over explain a little bit. And if you have something wrong, what we said, you can always tell us we are not experts. We did not live through this stuff. We just find it really, really interesting. And we want other people to as well. So where do you want to start with Charles Manson, Speedy? <laughs> well, I, I'll back up a little bit and, and start with that. Uh, he was in and out of prison his whole life. He actually learned to play guitar in prison. And then he ended up eventually moving to Los Angeles in a stone car. Um, and when he was there trying to figure it out, he met Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys. Wait, can I say how he um, met Dennis Wilson? Yeah. Oh, please. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I have this wrong, but you can tell me. I'm, so Charles Manson had a cult. And it was him, <laughs> some guys, and a lot of women. They on a ranch. And the story goes that he had two of his female hitchhikers get picked up by Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys and then slowly worked his way into his realm and eventually him and a bunch of these women were living in his house and then when things got weird he went and lived in his friend's basement apartment and basically charles manson and all these women were just living in dennis wilson's house stealing all of his belongings that's how crazy charles manson is and was wow right because i you know he's obviously a master manipulator if you're able to lead a cult you must be um, but that, that's really interesting because I heard the, the hitchhiking story. I did not hear, though, that it was actually premeditated. I thought it was an accident that people that were in Charles Manson's, Manson's circle happened to get picked up by, by Dennis Wilson in his car. But of course it was, <laughs> of course it was planned. Okay, I, <laughs> I guess I, makes can't, sense. <laughs> I can't say if it was planned. I just want to say that's how he met him. That's what I want. Yes, to say. that that part is hundred percent true. Yes. Um, and and basically, once Charles Manson was rejected by Brian Wilson and also by Doris Day's son, who produced a yes. couple of the Birds albums, he got really angry, and eventually led to him ordering his disciples to brutally murder a bunch of people, which is horrible. He wanted to get other famous people. Um, but thankfully, he went to jail for life, as did the rest of them. Yeah. And um, Doris Day's son, who he mentioned, Terry Melcher, he was interested in recording um, re- recording his music. And he even thought about making a film showing his hippie commune situation in that house with all those women. Like, in a way, like, like, like that it was cute. Like, look at these little people <laughs> and their little community. Wee! Wee! Oh, they're living an alternative lifestyle. Um, yeah, but then he ended up uh, deciding not to do those things, and I think he witnessed Charles Manson get into a fight. Or, and so he and Dennis Wilson completely severed their ties with Manson, and that was the main thing. That, that was the thing that, I guess, crossed the line that it ended up leading to the murders. And, right, he went to the house where uh, Terry Melcher used to live, but uh, he Terry Melcher had already left. Then it was Roman Polanski's house. Yes, and, the um, director yes. of Rosemary's Baby. And he was off shooting a film, and his wife, Sharon Tate, was there with some friends, including the heir, heiress apparent to the Folgers, the coffee 
uh, empire, unfortunately. Um, so it's horrible. Um, thankfully, they all got caught. They went to jail yeah. for life. He got a death sentence, but it got commuted. He had a swastika on his forehead. He's horrible, but he really wanted to be a musician. And he recorded an album throughout the 60s and released it just before his trial, possibly to pay for the legal fees. <laughs> and we should say one thing. Um, his family cannot make any money off of this. He can't profit off of anything. All the, it, There's a, a fund set up for the victims. So even though we're giving us attention, they will not reap any benefits. From from the widespread attention that our podcast gives this album. Yes. <laughs> with all of our listenership. Yes. People would not have heard of Charles Manson if we had not shown a light on him. So. That's right. Yes. He fought, well, I shouldn't say. Okay. Anyway. Um, so... Um. His his album is not great, but he has one song, unfortunately, that's good. Yes. I hate to say it. It's the rest of it's trash, and he's trash. But he has one song that's good. It's what I find so funny about it is that it's called um, "Look at Your Game Girl," about like a girl was kind of playing him and breaking up with him. Um, do you think maybe the game, Charles, is that you're a murderer? <laughs> maybe that's why she broke up with you yes and uh you are pulling young impressionable women into your circle um for your evil purposes <laughs> um maybe you're just uh, manipulative and awful yeah he perhaps <laughs> he's like look at your game look what you're doing to me it's like yeah you're terrible though I don't want to go too dark here. I was about to dip into his other criminal history, but I said, you know what? Let's move on. <laughs> He's horrible. Um, however, not every like um, Guns N' Roses covered this song. So what does that tell you about Guns N' Roses? This is two straight podcast episodes <laughs> where we touch on how weird Guns N' Roses covers are. <laughs> why? Why would they yeah. do that? That's a great question. Who Who would want to touch that? I'm not sure. Do I respect that? Or do I just say why? The YouTube comments on "Look at Your Game Girl" are really weird. There's a comment from Spice Boy that says <laughs> that voice wouldn't hurt a fly. Spice Boy. The internet's so no. weird. Why are you doing this? There are some horrible comments. Like, there's one that says, "I must say, he got killer vocals." Oh boy. That's horrible. Um. Actually, there's one that's a good question. It's from This is from Dominic E. And he says, <laughs> is this the ultimate guilty pleasure? Wow. It's a good question because this one song <sighs> has redeeming qualities, unfortunately. The rest of the album is trash, but this one song isn't bad. Um, right. The fact that we're struggling so much to compliment the song, I think, kind of supports what he's saying. <laughs> we feel pretty guilty about kind of liking the song, so. Yeah. Um, can you read the thing about Neil Young? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, another person that ended up in his circle, in Charles Manson's circle, was actually Neil Young. Again, uh, who was introduced to him by Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys. 
Um, yeah, and, and Neil Young kind of liked his style. He, he thought he was doing something really interesting musically. He said in an interview in 1986 um, that, and I'm going to read the quote, um, he had this kind of music that no one was doing. He would sit down with a guitar and start playing and make up stuff different every time. It just kept coming and coming out and coming out and coming out. Then he would stop and you would never hear that one again. Musically, I thought he was very unique. He was like a living poet. Which yeah. Is very complimentary. Ew. But then he but then he ends the quote with saying, This guy had a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a great uh, layman's term observation of Charles Manson and his cult. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think, uh, yeah, if at the time you were into the really, really fringe music scene and you were very open to just strange people doing strange things, he was perhaps a really interesting figure to run into. Um, but uh, pretty universally, he was panned and considered a failing musician. No one wanted to sign him. No one wanted to work with him. He gave off very strange vibes, as you can imagine, <laughs> and people just did not want to work with him. I'm going to read a quote from his song Mechanical Man on the album. By the way, the album is called Lies. I should have mentioned that. It's called Lies. Uh, this is a quote from the album. I had a little monkey, and I sent him to the country, and I fed him gingerbread. Along came a choo-choo and knocked my monkey cuckoo, and now my monkey's dead. They should have arrested that man right then. <laughs> like this not something's off here he, ne- he needs to go okay speedy that's enough charles manson talk i really don't want to think about him any longer is that fair <laughs> that's very fair um he's notorious and we don't need any more of that guy yeah so let's actually have some fun with people who also have dabbled in music who were known for something else but these people are um not like the worst cult leaders ever they're just kind of <laughs> fun and jovial to discuss the fact that they tried music. Uh, Speedy, do you want to start with the best examples, the worst examples, or the examples? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, let's, let's start tame with the best examples. Okay. Ah, isn't let's, that let's, nice? let's go tit for tat here, okay? Yeah. Here we go. All right. Best examples of people who are not musicians that got into the music that it kind of worked out, and you were like, I'm glad they did this. Okay. I have a, you know, what? I'm gonna save my hot take. Number one for me, Jimmy Durante. Ooh. A comedian dude, a vaudeville radio dude, who then who just had like a really unique voice, and you might have you guys you'd recognize his voice because he has a famous version of Young at Heart where he goes, "You might think it come true, it can happen to you if you're young at heart." Wow. Pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah. Jimmy Durante meets Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) If Frankenstein was like, and if you should survive to 105, (laughs) think of all you'll derive just by being alive. Okay. Who's yours? Who you got? (laughs) Uh, I was going to say Robert Pattinson. Does he sing? Um, He sings. He's so hot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, uh, he, you may not, have, have you seen the, the Twilight movies, Daniel New? I liked the first one, which is good because that means <laughs> that I had a date, right? <laughs> That's the only thing that could mean, right? <laughs> I saw it on a date when I was 12 and then never saw the other ones. 
<laughs> well, that means that you have heard him sing. Because um, he has, actually, maybe two. There's one that I'm thinking of specifically. But he's on the Twilight soundtrack. His music is in the movie. Um, and But you would never know that it's him. Because he sounds, if I played his music for you and you didn't know who it was, you would think that this man was 60 years old. It does not sound like a young heartthrob. Why do you know so much about Robert Pattinson? Because he's a young heartthrob. Did you succumb to this young heartthrob when you were in your mid-teens? Um, I may or may not have had a cardboard cutout in my home. I need to know if you may or may not have had that for sure. <laughs> I cannot confirm. No, I need deny. you to. I need you to okay. literally confirm whether this is true or not. <laughs> My whispered tones are are, are very indicative of, of what the truth is. Are you gonna make me shame myself? No, a lot of people had crushes on Robert Pattinson in the mid two thousands. I just need to know if you were Team Edward, <laughs> Steve Martin. Steve Did I steal Martin. one of yours? Did I steal one of yours? <laughs> no, oh, go, okay. go. Great go, banjo go. player. Had a Broadway show. Did okay. Had some Tony nominations. Go him. Oh, yeah. I have heard him perform banjo, I think, at, oh gosh, his award ceremony when he won You're the Greatest Comedian Ever award. Mark Twain. At some point. Yes. Yes. I think so. Did you have a cardboard cutout of Steve Martin playing the banjo in your house growing up? I will neither confirm nor I don't think you're qualified to host this podcast anymore. You can't host an old soul podcast when you had a (laughs) Twilight cardboard cutout. Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. Keep going. Who else is on your list? I have not revealed the truth. Who else you got? Yes. Um, Christopher Lee? Christopher. Are you aware of this one? Christopher Lee? Yes, who, uh, well, he, he played Dracula yes. classically. And he and he's in Lord of the Rings. Saruman, yes, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Like, of the Rings. And Count Dooku in Star Wars. Yes, yes, I know him for the nerdy <laughs> things. Uh-huh. Yes, he's a very interesting guy, because before he acted, he was in the Royal Air Force. He was in the special ops and, and fought in World War II. Then he became an actor. But he also sang opera in, in the... 80s and 90s and then when he was in his 90s he came out with two heavy metal albums um and it's the first he there's two of them the first came out uh called charlemagne by the sword and the cross and the second one was charlemagne the omens of death okay we need to hear this everybody we're doing that thing i did yeah <laughs> in the last episode where i youtube something that we listen to it together because i need to know about this how did i not find this christopher <laughs> lee Heavy metal. That comes up before Dracula. Like one of those iconic roles in the film. Really? Okay, this is from Charlemagne. This is his song, Massacre of the Saxons. Don't talk for three seconds while I put you on speaker, okay? Okay, here we go, everybody. I'm sure there will be an ad, and there is an ad. Listen, Red Robin, I'm trying to get to one of the greatest musical achievements in the history of humankind and all homo sapiens. And that is that Count Duke, who has a heavy metal album. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay, we need to... Well, A, we need to make that louder. Okay, here we go, let's let's go ahead. Okay, 
Wait. He's amazing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you say he was 90? Yes, that song that you picked, he was 91 when that album he came out. He sounds really and good. he passed away at 93. He sounds really good. He sounds amazing. He, uh, and yeah, you can hear his opera background in there. And you led with Robert Pattinson? <laughs> when you were sitting on Christopher Lee had a heavy metal album, and you were like, oh, it's an old soul podcast, so I should probably go with Twilight. Um, um, I have I have no excuse. Patrick Swayze. He wrote this and performed the song "She's Like the Wind," which got the number three on the charts, and then is famously featured in Five Hundred Days of Summer." I just think, anytime I can praise Patrick Swayze, I'm gonna do it because he's the man, and may he rest in peace. <laughs> you can just keep rifling off your ones. We don't, we don't, we don't. You don't need to respond okay. to Patrick Swayze. <laughs> let's see uh my next one is also not old soldy enough well it kind of is uh scarlett johansson um so not old soldy because she's scarlett johansson but old soldy soldy old Old soldy soldy. (laughs) yes because old soulish uh because the only album that she put out um Ten songs on it are Tom Waits covers, and there's only one. Wow, song. <laughs> made to be friends. You guys are made to be friends. Yeah, yeah. And and she sings in um, that Noah Baumbach movie, I think Love Story, and she's really good. She's pretty good in that. Oh yes, that's right. And, and she also has some song that's on the Jungle Book soundtrack. Mm. She's put out random songs here and there, but this is her only album. Mostly Tom Waits, and then uh, her original song called Song for Joe. There are plenty of people who are like are modern but are old souls, and I would love to talk about them. Like Zoe Deschanel covers like Dusty Springfield yes. songs and Mazoki Robinson songs. Um, so she's like an old soul. Uh, I have one. This is kind of a weird take, but I think you'll see my point in this. It's not accurate because these are all people who aren't musicians and then became them. Um, or I guess weren't famous for being musicians and then, be- and then had a good stab at it. This guy is a musician, but you don't think of him as a singer. And that's Louis Armstrong. Is that a terrible take, or do you see my point? I I see your point. Um, I do think of him as a singer, but that's because I was indoctrinated with uh, <laughs> hearing Louis Armstrong sing as a child. Yeah, he's like a really, really um, famous I'm, trumpet player. Yeah. And he yes. got into singing, and we just found his voice to be very endearing. Yes. And he kept at it, and that's why he's got really big hit songs like uh what a wonderful world and uh Livia and rose and hello dolly Ooh, that's hello see i can't do a, a satchmo <laughs> wait do you have any satchmo in you does satchmo mean louis armstrong oh yes, no i don't yes. i don't i don't think i should try to impersonate him that doesn't end well I'll just keep doing Jimmy Durante. <laughs> That's true. Hello, Dolly. What do you know? Dolly. Okay. Should we get to bad examples now? I I think it's time. Because my... I know who you're going to say first. My good examples, I realize, uh, overlap with the bad examples. Because I love the bad ones. <laughs> so. True, true. You like, you like things that are bad because they're bad. And that's more authentic a lot of the times. <laughs> who you got? Um, well, I, uh, 
I I want to touch on one that uh, we did touch on in a previous episode, but it's just so I knew good. it. I knew you were going to lead with him. I yeah, knew I know. It. But I mean, he, he he should be the headliner on this festival. Oh yeah, of course, uh, William Shatner. Oh, for anyone who has not listened to William, I'm Shatner, a rocket man. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. Oh, he <laughs> burning on his. Fuse of air uh, uh. alone. <laughs> I think I, I think I said the lyrics wrong, but that's how he says it. Not important. Fuse up there <laughs> alone. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I hesitate to even call it a musical career. It was a musical career, but he speaks uh, all of the lyrics of the songs mm. that he's covering in a Rex it, Harrison more, way, in, in an... <laughs> but less elegant. <laughs> yes, it's it's an interpretation of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but his first album, uh, The Transformed Man, is what it's called. Um, but he, he does dramatic readings of the lyrics of songs as well as dramatic readings of Shakespeare, all intermixed on the album. And uh, it's great. I think it's great. Um, other people do not agree, though. Um, I think, you know, was it Dave Barry? Yes, uh, and Dave Barry said that it was uh, truly unfortunate <laughs> his cover of "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds." <laughs> George Clooney said that he would take it on a desert island as an incentive to leave the island because if you listen to this song "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds," you will hollow out your own leg and make a canoe out of it to get off the island. <laughs> and it was voted the worst Beatles cover of all time. Um, Should we play it? All right. So it's well, a must listen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Picture yourself on a boat in a river <laughs> with tangerine. Okay, hold on. I accidentally hit Christopher Lee. Okay, here we go. William Shatner. You know like your ads pop up on Instagram because they see all your searches? Now mine are going to be William Shatner cover album ads on Instagram. <laughs> Loosen the Sky with Diamonds immediately comes up. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Speed don't talk for a sec while I play it on speaker. <gasps> and of course, there's a Whole Foods ad. Listen, Whole Foods, I'm trying to get to something that's even more healthy and less expensive for your life. And that's William Shatter singing a Beatles song in a very necessary fashion. Here we go. Okay. This does not sound like a Beatles song at all. There's like really corny horns. I don't think he knows about LSD. It sounds like he thinks it's like an old show tune. No, no. I, my favorite thing, because we keep listening to his covers, is that they never really include him singing that much. They know they need to mostly just have people singing around him. Because if it just was William Shatner, he wouldn't listen to it. Okay, here we go. Here he comes. Picture yourself. <laughs> oh. Okay, Speed, you're back. Uh, he's like, he he really, he's talking like Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka. He's like, with tangerine <laughs> trees and marmalade sky. Marmalade sky. 
Why does he think that it's like this old, like 1940s, like Wizard of Oz imagination storyland picture book and not like a LSD trip? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you can't argue with the fact that he's painting the picture. <laughs> that's that's my <laughs> middle of the road. <laughs> Would, not positive, not negative. Which comments. is a great sentence because it's actually based off of a painting. By Julian Lennon, yes. the Paul McCartney found. And that's not important. We're just nerds here. Um, okay. Uh, I want to start. <laughs> I don't really want to put this guy in the bad examples. I just know that he's not as talented as the other ones we've had. Mm. Mm. But do you know about Joe Pesci's albums? No, I don't. Joe Pesci put out Ooh. an album in the 90s, but then he put out one in 2019. Um, it's I called guess. Still Singing. Which is hilarious because people didn't know that he was singing. <laughs> but just so you know, he's still doing it. And, you know, there's some... Or people tried to stop him. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm, I'm still, still doing, doing it. it. I'm still doing it. Um, and I'm going to read some quotes here. This is from The Independent. They said, quote, Even less the fact that Pesci's singing voice, a smoky, struggling drawl, landing somewhere between a wheeze and Krusty the Clown... Sounds like Macy Gray <laughs> gone wrong. But here we are, Joe Pesci still singing a 13-track collect, a thirteen track collection of jazz standards that is apparently his third album. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Well, well, the title of his album was addressing the criticism before the criticism yeah, yeah. even came I know out. what you're going to say, and I'm still <laughs> singing. Um, do you want to hear him sing? I would love to. Okay. Oh, please, oh, please. Okay. I don't hate this. I don't hate... All right, I'm taking... I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop playing so you can talk again. I would listen to this. <laughs> I don't... Like, he. he's like Jimmy Durante. He knows exactly what he's going for. Yeah. I I would never know that it was Joe Pesci unless you told me. Um, Which is the I, biggest compliment you can give. I dug... <laughs> Yeah, I dug. All right, um, you know what? I'm lifting you from bad examples. The Independent was mean to you, and I—I I mean, listen, he's like in his 80s, and I didn't hate that. So, good job, Joe Pesci. You know, he—yeah, good job, Joe. He grew up with the guys from Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, so I was like hoping that some stuff would rub off. So I'm proud of him. Um, okay, who else do you got, Speedy? Yeah, I—I've got one that I, I might get lifted out of the bad category as well. Um. Because I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that bad, but it was pretty universally panned. <laughs> Did you know that before Ricky Gervais was a comedian, he was an '80s pop star? I had no idea. Yeah, most people don't. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Only after hours of research did I come across his secret past. Um, What's the name but, of it? Yeah. So he was part of a duo called Siona Dancing. Um, and so if you picture the Ricky Gervais that you know, you picture him as like, 
middle-aged, I mean, uh, insulting everybody, just, uh, you won't picture him as a, uh, androgynous, makeup-wearing, mullet-having... Mm, leather pants. Pop guy. Wait, is he hot? <laughs> leather pants, man. That's a, that, that's up for debate. Let me, let me, let me Google it's this a, right now. It's a now. look I would not have expected to Siona work. Siona dancing, <laughs> Ricky Gervais. Yep. Let's see if I think he looks hot here. Oh, he does look hot. I mean, he looks like right? he thinks the, the he makeup looks hot. works for him. Yeah, he's like a real pretty boy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got the confidence. This is so weird. Yeah, isn't that weird? And are you? Yeah, they only had two singles, okay. um, but one of them was a big hit in the Philippines. It did not take off in the UK, but um, in the Philippines, yes. So Ricky Gervais <laughs> has a hit in the Philippines. Yes, he does. <laughs> you may know this man from. Creating the office, or and insulting everyone. Yeah, or if you're specifically from the Philippines, for his hit music career. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, so are you are you about to say yeah. you're a fan of this? Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of dig it. It something about it reminds me of the Pet Shop Boys. But the number one reason that his music was criticized, um, I I think. I think at least you will immediately recognize as being a, a pretty legitimate <laughs> con is that uh, his singing style is pretty much a David Bowie ripoff. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... The, sec- uh, the second you hear it, you're like, oh, he's trying to be Who Bowie. didn't do that? Okay. Does that mean Christian Slater didn't have a career because he ripped off Jack Nicholson the whole time? No, <laughs> everyone's derivative. Yeah. Right, so I, I don't hate it. I truly don't. Um, did you know David Hasselhoff had a music career? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that makes my heart very happy. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, Was it surfer music? What no, it's expect? like 80s. It's like Rick Astley. It's, he, <gasps> he's got a song. That's even better. It's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's called True Survivor. It's from the movie Kung Fury. It has 45 million views on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Something to think about. This. Wow. Um, We don't need to get to Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian. Let's get to our examples. These are. So there are good examples. There are bad examples. And then there are just examples. These are people where I don't really want to make fun of them. But it didn't go perfectly. <laughs> My number one example of that is um, Audrey Hepburn, who I adore, mm. but really wanted to sing in My Fair Lady, and they wouldn't they wouldn't let her. Uh, and then yeah. she does, she lip sings in My Fair Lady. Then she in Breakfast at Tiffany, she does play Moon River on the window, and you're like, okay, she's got some talent. Just like you know, she shouldn't be doing the Broadway musical version in the movie, but she's okay. And that's why she's just an example. Yeah, she's just an example. I um, fun fact about Moon River, which I am pulling out of um, my my pants. Um, I believe they purposely wrote that song to give it a limited range because they knew that she had more limited singing ability. So the song was written to kind of help her out. That's what I remember hearing. Really? Um, but you might want to email us email us if I'm wrong. If you're an old soul <laughs> at gmail dot com, if you feel that. Johnny Mercer and whoever wrote the, the actual music of that song wrote it for Audrey Hepburn's limited range. Please let us know. 
Um, are there any, do you have any examples of examples, or are you good on the examples? Uh, I have one example, which upon reflection, I probably should have just put in the bad category. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> who's it? You guys, you guys could be the judge. Uh, Bruce Willis. Mm. You know, I didn't <laughs> get to him on the bad example, so let's do him here. Why do you feel he's just an example? He's not good, he's not bad, he's just, he's there. Uh, yeah, he's, he's just there because um, I, I think it's cool what he was trying to do. You wouldn't expect Bruce Willis to try to do R and B, and that's fun in its own right. Isn't that redeeming? Yeah, isn't that redeeming for him? Was I? I, I checked out, and there's a video for it as well, which is is pretty entertaining. Uh, he does a cover of "Respect Yourself," which is originally by the Staple Singers, um, and I don't know. It, it's kind of funny because his vocals are mixed. I feel a lot lower <laughs> than the background <laughs> vocals, um, as if he maybe didn't have a lot of confidence in his own singing ability. But the song itself is not bad. I mean, the song Respect Yourself can't be bad. Um, I like that he kept it, I don't want to say true to the original, but he's got you know these great um, uh, R&B backup singers. It, it sounds great, except for the fact that he's part of it. <laughs> he's part of it. I'm not upset that it exists, is my point. Imagine getting into music and being like, okay, I'm not sure if I have the range for this. I'm a little nervous, so I'm going to cover the Staple Sisters. Singers. What did I say? Sisters. I realize that I've touched one of your like three favorite things that have ever existed, so I'm sorry. I'm personally hurt. Oh, but he, uh, he did have backing musicians on his album, The Pointer Sisters. Oh, so other sisters are in there. I'm so and, excited. Uh, <laughs> I just get hot. Yeah, he also had the Temptations on there, and uh, Booker T. Jones. So I mean, he had people behind him when he did this. I'd rather all those people just made an album together, and Bruce Willis just said, "And now." <laughs> 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 um, also on this list for me is uh, Meryl Streep who sings in oh. Mamma Mia and Into the Woods. And she probably had a really good singing voice or a much better one when she was, like, younger. And I think she always wanted to get the music. Her voice is not bad. It's pretty good compared to, like, Pierce Bronson in that movie, in Mamma Mia, who's not very good. So it's okay. But, you know, it's an example. She's mm. not good. She's not bad. She's, like, pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. Right. I mean, she has a distinctive speaking voice as it is. So it makes sense that... Her translating into music would be interesting. Sure, fine. <laughs> Do you think we should get into Kobe Bryant's rap career at all, or are we good? Oh, you know what? I considered it, and then I said, ah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> at least him and Shaq both did it. So it's like a couple NBA players tried to get into rap in the late 90s, and it was like, it was what it was. I, I'm just glad it exists now. I did not know about Shaq. Yes, he, he has a song know. with Notorious B.I.G. called Can't Stop the Rain. And it's pretty good. Here. It's not bad. You know, if, if Kobe got oh. like got Notorious B.I.G. in one of his songs, you know, it'd be a big hit. Yeah. So <laughs> let's not hold that against him. Wow. Do you feel the same way about that that you feel about Eddie Murphy's attempt at being a singer? Because Party All the Time, pretty good. He had Rick James behind him. Party All the Time is a bop. 
And, it's a total walk. And if you listen... And then I moved on with my life. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, <laughs> it's just so hard to talk about Eddie Murphy now because he, like, he did some things that aren't great. Like his his self-titled album, Eddie Murphy, he has a song in there called Boogie in Your Butt or something. And it's like yeah. half comedy, half music. But the first track on the comedy album is just the F word, that the gay slur. <sighs> so maybe it should be like... Eddie wants to offend people all the time. Offend people all the time. <laughs> Eddie wants to offend people all the time. Offend all the time. people all the, people time. all the time. But yes, yeah, so that that song was a hit and it is a bop. But a lot of his other stuff, it's the only, you know what? It's the only thing from his stuff in the 80s that ages well. None of his comedy does. All that's left is that one song that didn't offend people because he didn't write it. <laughs> that's true he <laughs> he he i don't want to say he showed up i don't know anything about the production of that song look at me about to just rip in daddy murphy i'm I googling it yeah rick james wrote it okay okay we're good that's okay. what i thought i was just making sure you didn't write it. okay um real quick and then we'll go i want to list you uh, i have a list of people's kids who tried music and a lot of them are helped by their parents Ooh. okay Jerry Lewis's kid, Gary Lewis and the Playboys, they have um, this diamond ring, you know. This stone is genuine, like love. Yeah, important. Okay. Um, oh. Nancy Sinatra. Wait, I think I know that song. Oh, I like Nancy Sinatra, actually. Yes. Very much. That's like, her stuff yes. was just like engineered by people who Frank Sinatra hired to like make great music for her. <laughs> um, Wilson Phillips, the group with Brian Wilson's kids from Beach Boys and Michelle Phillips and John Phillips and Mamas and Papas kids. You know they had that song from Bridesmaids. You know the someday somebody gonna love you gonna make you wanna say goodbye. I didn't realize what that song was. Right, and they wrote it. Something to think about. Liza Minnelli. Yes, Judy Garland's daughter. I mean she she's an icon all by herself. Um, I've seen Sean Lennon in concert. He's extremely talented. Ooh. Who would have think? And uh, Willow know. Smith. Remember that era? I sure do. The only song I know is uh, Whip, Whip My Hair. Back That's and right. Forth. And that was a big deal. That's what I That was I a big know. deal. <laughs> um, okay, everybody. So that was Charles Manson. And that was good examples of uh, famous people who have music careers and bad examples. And examples. Speedy, any, any other thoughts you think we should cover? Um, Charles Manson is a horrible person, and we do not support anything that he's ever done. Um, 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 I'm panicking. Danny? He, he had one song with redeeming quality, and the rest is crap. And I guess the Beach Boys thought one other <laughs> song was pretty good. And then changed everything about right. it. Right. Because they also were like, this is weird. But it's history. And he's got a part in history, which I had to talk about it. But more importantly, Christopher Lee has a heavy metal album, too. Go support them. Yeah. Just go support them. If you were not already convinced by what we've told you about the album, just know that the album art uh, for that second album, Omens of, of Death, <laughs> is old man Christopher Lee. 91-year-old Christopher Lee in a crown looking into your eyes pointing a sword at you there's a stallion in the background and the burning ruins of a castle go check you need to listen to it now go find it bye <laughs> <laughs>